sweet little angels. I am out here doing the damn thing again, finally. After uh, a few little technological mishaps, loss of files, etc., etc., I definitely did focus on some other things for a while, but then, you know, the guides got on my asshole again and were like, bitch, that podcast, that thing, that thing that's been there for like nine years. Literally, it's been, no, it's literally been like 10 years that I've wanted to do this and like really be dedicated to it and do it regularly and um, not just wait on, you know, being able to guessed it out uh you know for every single episode so kind of what I'm doing now I think is I'm gonna be addressing questions at the beginning of some podcasts uh we're gonna ask tarot for some other insight if that feels right And then maybe we're going to have other episodes where it's kind of a different format. But for now, this felt like a way of getting some good bits of easily digestible information out there and stuff that's relevant to people who are already following me. So every single thing that I will talk about for probably the next few weeks will be, you know, directly from uh, the folks that that have asked me, you know, genuine questions and for genuine insight. So I, I, I see that as like a sacred thing, like no matter what. I know we live in an age of like, you know, everybody wants to ask a, an expert. Well, first of all, I ain't no fucking expert. I offer myself humbly as a fucking living guinea pig to on the altar of life in hopes that, you know, my sacrifice in action and vulnerability will will serve the collective in some way or at least one other person in some way that's that's my grand hope um for putting myself out out there in this way but i do take it very seriously when people ask me things um when it's a genuine ask when it's like yo like here's some complex shit how do you work with this what can i do what's What's your your take on this? I find that to be like a, a big, I don't know, maybe just affirmation of, of the work. An affirmation of the work to be someone that is sought, you know, for for some, some direction, for some guidance, for some clarity and or understanding. I will never say I have an answer for anybody uh, because I'm only one person. And while I do feel like I have a really good gift for opening up and allowing the universe to move through me, I, I cannot circumnavigate the filter 100%. And I humbly acknowledge that and try to keep that at the forefront of everyone who listens to me, their minds as well, um, through continually like owning up to that truth. Because, again, I am... <laughs> but a humble servant in a lowly vessel doing my goddamn best to um, enjoy myself while uh, actually gather the data and, and wisdom that comes from life's hardest experiences and be unashamed of talking about the hardest parts in attempts to bring light to those areas in some way. So the very first question that I just felt 
so very drawn to answering was from literally one of my she's she's one of my all-time most supportive clients and she's definitely has become a client friend has blessed me and gifted me uh in ways that I can't really go into here but she wrote a fantastic question um basically just to, you know here's my issue what to do about it kind of a thing uh she said I'm having a hard time believing in myself and taking action as well as sticking to those actions so sticking to things is a big thing I know that's a lot for all of us honestly like I think it's an interesting dilemma here because what we've been kind of led to believe over, I don't know, say maybe the past 10 years of motivational uh, narratives, motivational talk for folks, it's like, you know, you got to believe it and then you'll get there. You know, you got to, and there is this order of operation and like, it's really hard sometimes for us all to recognize that there is a functional order of operation for making things happen in our lives and in the world. And there are also um, situations in which one area, one area of the flow of the order of operation will be a much more damaged, you know, point of reference it'll be it's almost as if like one of your chakras is really blocked right and you could say that like there's definitely differing theories about whether kundalini energy or energy you know universal energy chi energy whatever you'd like to call it rises up either from the root chakra and ascends up you know the the chakras from the bottom up or if it comes in through the crown and then goes down, but people have a very linear perception of it. Well, what happens if your root chakra is blocked? You really think that there's no energy getting into your body? No, 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 no. You have to have, like, there's there's energy there. There's something going on there. And just because there is a blockage in one area does not mean, you know, that the way that it would flow if everything was wide the fuck open, is gonna be exactly the same, is all that I'm saying. <laughs> Sorry, that was confusing. <laughs> Point being, that when we have a blockage, that doesn't stop the entire process from happening. The process still happens, but it happens with this blockage, like basically casting a shadow over the situation. So when we try to change things, um, and we, people are like, you know, you got to believe in yourself. You got to see it to believe it, you know, or, um, believe it to see it kind of in terms of a reverse engineering way of looking at things. Uh, you know, but a lot of it requires us to, to trust ourselves, to have belief in ourselves, to honestly have taken very good care of ourselves and to be very high functioning adults. Because the truth of the matter is, is that things in life have requirements you know like i would i would even venture to say that the nature of the universe is transactional okay other than the dimension of love which i would say 
the dimension of love is characterized by the fact that there are no transactions happening. It is a choice to be like, this is held space for. It is a choice to be in the ultimate receptive state. Is it a cho It's a choice to, you know, practice um, understanding of the condition even when you don't understand. Um, but beyond love, beyond love, everything in this fucking life is transactional. People want to talk about like, oh, we should get rid of money and just go back to barter and trade. You realize how much harder that will be for everyone because that means everyone has to figure out how to completely sustain their lives through, you know, something of their own responsibility. See, I'm here for that kind of a revolution. I'm here for that kind of a society, but I do not think human beings are there yet. I don't think humans are fully ready to take that much, at least on this scale, we're not fully ready to take that much responsibility for ourselves. But back to your question, Ashlyn, the reason that you're having a hard time believing in yourself is because you do not believe in yourself, okay? So realizing that your beliefs are not in yourself as an autonomous, powerful, you know, co-creative, divinely sparked being. Like, those are not the messages of our society, of your family, of anything that you were shown growing up. Like, that is just not what your beliefs lie in beliefs lie in even if you were a part of the the culture that really you know especially as female identifying or women you know um children who are classified as female whatever there was definitely a narrative that was going on between the late 80s and the early 2000s of girl power and you know girls can do it and in this wake you know <clears throat> Even though, like, we were being, we were starting to get that message. That didn't happen for a lot of us until, that's where my point was. Sorry, I kind of, like, lost the train there. <laughs> um, in our, like, that was such a late message for the most of us. That even though we were starting to get that, that has been so fresh, right? And then even, like, young boys in our culture in that time frame didn't really get any sort of, you know, it's about you. And I, you know, we could argue all day long that, you know, all cultural narratives have pegged men the heroes of their own lives. And, you know, the archetype of, of story has always, you know, supported men. But at the same time, you know, it's like they have always, in my opinion, see, I'm not one to be like men and women are like, equal like I don't I don't I don't look at men and women and see the same thing I do see a same thing I see a human but like what men and women focus on what men and women are interested in what men and women like choose to do with their spare time they vary widely in a lot of cases and it's not like you can just you can say that that will happen based over what sex they have or what gender they identify with it's not that we're saying that but you know in the more egalitarian societies meaning the more freedom of like equality of opportunity and experience and stuff like that 
we tend to find, so this is like in Sweden, like they did a, a study on this. It's like the most egalitarian society and they figured what they would find is that men and women when left to their own devices and given equal opportunities would, you know, be interested across the board very similarly and they found the exact opposite of that it's like the more egalitarian the society gets the more men and women feel free to pursue exactly what they're interested in and we can't overlook the fact that in general you know if your hormones make you more feminine presenting you have way more of a likelihood to make decisions and choices and be interested in you know relationship motivated things and men on the other hand are really interested in objects and I know that's oversimplification and I know that doesn't describe everyone and 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 what we need to understand about statistics and stuff you know it's not ever saying that the minority shouldn't be represented we're just saying that we've got to have some grace and understanding you know because of what biology leans us towards you know and all that to come back to what your biology leans you towards is from the age of birth to seven whatever message you are getting the overarching narrative the the deduction that could happen um from the major messages that you are getting and deduction is kind of a strong word because your brain isn't even doing that at that age um but, you know, you get a, a bajillion messages from birth to age seven. And not every single one of them is going to, you know, uh, impact you fully for all of life, etc. But if you get repeated messages and repeated ideas and similar veined ideas and connected ideas, you're going to start to your brain, your brain that in that state is in the ultimate receptive mode the theta state by no choice like there's no option you are just recording your brain is like a fucking voice recorder it is not differentiating but it is however picking up a general message and that is where your beliefs lie and let me tell you most of our our folks were not even if they were telling us the right things. You can do anything. And this is why I wanted to bring up, you know, how women got, our girls got focused in on in the early 90s, especially with the girl power movement and you can do it and all that shit. Even though we were getting a conscious message of that, still the media that was being produced, women were acting out in in a completely different way than that, you know? Our, our mothers who would tell us we could do anything, they weren't acting out, you know, that they could do anything or... You know, there's just so many ways in which we we took on the more subliminal. And that's another thing to be understanding is that in that theta brainwave state, the symbols are the thing that speaks to you. It's pictures. It's visuals. It's why children get so into TV is because like you're already in a hypnosis state and TV is geared towards hypnotizing like it's in there. So you know, and it's not to be like, oh, God, my parents weren't careful. Like, we shouldn't, like, blame any situation, you know, like, in certain scenarios. Dude, I know so many kids who, like, just were inundated by horror movies, like, at age, like, eight, six, seven years old. Like, 
way too young for kids to be like dealing with the kind of scary shit that was happening in film at that time, right? Or at least that's my my discernment level of it. I didn't think that's appropriate stuff. My parents like fucking shielded me as fuck from stuff. And I I want I want to know constantly if my parents had not shielded me from everything that they had, would I have had like way more fucked up messages? to wade through before I could connect to myself, maybe, may fucking be, you know, that that's the case. Um, But it is interesting to understand the fact that it is definitely not your fault that you don't believe in yourself. You were given no reason to believe in yourself. You know, our family didn't, our parents did not act out belief in themselves, you know, for the most part. And even if the luckier ones of us who did, you know, like, well, you have conflicting messages too. Because I had a dad who was never around who fucking believed in himself, and a mom who was always there who didn't believe in herself one bit, but was more than capable. Just never, like, because her messages from eight, from birth till age seven was, you're not welcome here. You don't belong here. We don't want you. You know? My mom, she'll, she'll say, like, within... Like, it, she'll be so honest about it. She's like, I did not figure my shit out at all until I was 40. Like, not even close to figuring out that, like, my experience was at all my responsibility. And that is the result. That is not of a weakness. That is not of someone being slow. That is the result of how severe a message can impact somebody over the long term. So my question to you is, Ashlyn, is like, did you get messages, you know, in childhood? Maybe it wasn't from your parents directly, but maybe from traumatic situations or maybe just, you know, inundated with certain types of media. Because, you know, sometimes we end up spending a lot of time with a family during a certain point in life or with, a, you know, a certain grandparent and they watch this thing. And, you know, pivotal times, man, pivotal times in our lives, we get a fucking message who knows what that has done? But here's the encouraging part here, you know? Like, what we consciously want is is our way through, but we have to understand what all we work against here to be able to realize the gravity of the situation. This is no longer about, like, mm, like well, I just, like, you know, I'm just, like, not sticking to... And... Listen, that's how we are going to live it out. But in terms of a narrative, you know, there's no more space for us to not marry action with what we want to believe. Because here's the thing, you don't believe and we act based on our beliefs. So your ne- your natural reactive energy your natural reactions because you don't believe in yourself those natural reactions will be self-sabotaging in nature your natural actions will will sabotage your growth your development and you sticking to things that you want for yourself plain and simple so what you have to do is instigate the force of change this is you forcing a change so basically you know in the order of operation and manifestation you really do have to have beliefs that support True beliefs that support where you're going to get 
inspired natural action that becomes so automatic that everything is accepted the entire process the entire order of operation is accepted into the subconscious and that is where magic happens that's where we seed things into the universe it is not until the whole process has been actualized and made automatic that we are automatically creating good scenarios in our lives for ourselves up until that moment up until we change the beliefs we are serving attracting looking for looking for everything that keeps us small everything that keeps us attached to our resistance everything that like holds us back that's the stuff that says that keeps us comfortable that's the stuff that feels natural because we already believe that so if you do not believe in yourself you have to take actions that will convince you to believe in yourself because if we don't marry what we're consciously trying to do with those actions the conscious mind has only five percent of the power over our body that 95 other percent is ruled by the subconscious meaning it is completely ruled by what you believe so we know that in the order of operation belief starts it off because you have to have thoughts that support you know feelings that that get you inspired to actually take action well when you have a blockage when you have a block no it's okay panda sorry <laughs> when you have a blockage up at belief well we know that we act out our beliefs we don't act out what we consciously think so we have to think okay okay what i don't believe in is myself so what do my actions always have to serve the proof that i have to believe in myself I know it's not, it's, this is not complex. I'm not giving you some wise guy-y, like literally guru-y, like so enlightened answer. It's not, it, this is reverse engineering at its best. You make a, and this works in chakra healing as well. When you have one blockage in an area and you're working through, you know, mantras and doing all this stuff to kind of unlock it and, and release the stuff that's holding you back there. One of the best ways to support that is to find its complementary chakra and to work on the areas that, that that chakra rules as well in tandem because nothing exists in a vacuum and there's definitely reasons why we don't, like for instance, take action, that's solar plexus chakra shit, because we are afraid of our fucking truth. That's throat chakra shit. They are related to one another in the chakra system, in the seven chakra system. The throat chakra is all about our ethics, our morality, what is true to us. And if we are not fully, completely certain about that and like, you know, willing to speak up about it, it becomes really hard to take the actions that we need to. And then from this kind of like a tarot's perspective, it's like, you know, if our beliefs don't support what we're trying to act out, then we have to act out the act out the actions that would that that say to the universe that we believe we have to basically trick the universe in energy and that's why i say like it is okay to show up with a bad attitude it's a show a good it's a okay to show up and do it terribly because at the point of trying to reprogram beliefs you have to have repetition repetitive action if you're struggling against it just know that the struggle is is gravity that's literally it. So what do you do if you're sitting on the ground and it's heavy to stand up? You know, are you going to say like, why is it so hard to stand? You already know why it's so hard to stand up. Like, we need to stop asking that question. What we need to understand is, though, like our actions are consistent. 
Yes, are just consistent action. It does. There's no quality required in it. It's about numbers here. You got to put in the numbers. You got to show up a number of times. You got to do it the way you want to do it versus the way it feels like you should do, you know, so many times before it starts to, you start to build a little rut of experience. And once you get that rut going, you know, you can more easily fall into it and stay in it. And over time, you build momentum. But until you create that force of change, until you, you know, instigate the action that aligns with what you want to believe, you are not going to believe in yourself because that, that message hasn't been programmed in yet. It's through repetition and action that you're going to program that into you as an adult. Because, you know, you had the benefit of, of, of being an open fucking channel as a child. And, you know, I say that word benefit with a bit of jest in my voice because it's like, you know, you couldn't stop what was happening. It was easy for you because you couldn't stop it. You weren't in control. This is hard for you because you're in control. So maybe the narrative needs to be, I accept how fucking hard this is. I'm taking control of my life. Who would ever think that being in control of a ship, being in control of a business, being in control of a family, being in control of a whole universe, which your fucking body is, who would ever think that that would be an easy job? But like to realize that you will either be utilized as a programmable slave serving someone else's cause if you don't do this. I think right there, that's enough reason to be like, well, fuck, I better start just putting the time in, showing up to practice, even when I don't think I will be, you know, the best yoga practitioner ever. I'm not gonna be the best pianist or I'm not gonna be the, the, you know, It's to give without really almost a hope for reward, but it's because you you're voting in that direction. You know, it's a way more ethical space to move from to to act before we feel like it, because here's the here's the clincher. You'll never feel like it. But it's also saying to the universe that it's like I have conceptualized this so much. I believe this is the way for me to go so much. I believe this is a shift I need to make so much that I will act even when it's flying in the opposition of everything I've ever done, known or felt or experienced. But here's something important to know. Not only is there a brain-body connection, like when we're thinking about our body as we're doing like exercises, we actually, you know, enact those muscles even more and we get better results from doing that. We also have a body-mind condition or connection, body-brain connection. Whereas when we do new things, we create more neuroplasticity, more neurogenesis in the body, meaning we are creating more of a flexible brain, more adaptable to change, more malleable, more willing to move and adapt when you say, hey, I want this new thing and it's gonna be a challenge. So the more you push yourself on purpose, the more you're encouraging your brain to be flexible. So when you wanna do that in the future, there will be a slight difference in ease meaning like the more you practice this the more you come to yoga class on your own the less difficult that yoga class will be now we all have states of mind which it's very important to understand that your learning is completely state dependent so 
Every one of us has a bad day. Every one of us has that bad conversation with somebody. Every one of us got triggered and we weren't expecting that thing. You know, we haven't dealt with that yet. Whoops. Or we just have that one kind of conversation with a parent or a friend, loved one, whatever, that we just don't like having, you know, and that just makes us feel maybe not as secure, maybe not as like comfortable, whatever. Those are going to affect our states. So recognize it will be harder to do that. But what's important for you is to do the very bare minimum on those days. You need to acknowledge directly, yo, I have been drained. This was unexpected. I could not control this, so I don't have to take that on or feel bad about it. But what I do have to do is show up to whatever capacity I can because that serves the future that I want, which the future that I want is where the momentum of what I'm doing is so strong that even when I have this terrible conversation, experience, lose a job, uh, somebody decides to walk away, lose a bunch of money on an investment, this, that, or the other thing, that I will just go and do the thing that I believe in doing anyway. And yes, will that affect my mood to an extent? Sure, but I, I know that I also have signed up for some work. And you know, on a level, we've gotta have, be have, like adulthood is being able to separate how I feel in you know just a completely emotional sense from what I need to show up to and do today. And you know, Really, it basically comes down to how we need to be daddying ourselves, you know, how we need to step up to the plate and be, you know, disciplined just in, I have a, I have a, a routine, a regimen. Here's my baseline, bare minimum. Make it so ridiculously small of a goal that it's asinine if you don't do it. Whatever the change is, make it one minute. You know, like people are like, oh, five minutes, bitch. If it's that hard, fucking do one minute. But you better do one minute every fucking day. Or you do one minute three times a day. You know, I have heard a lot in terms of practice and exercising that it is way better for you to do 10 minutes three times a day than to do 30 minutes one time a day. Why? Because at different times, like throughout your day, you're activating your brain and saying, hey, we're doing this. Your brain doesn't just be like, oh, because we did this for so long right here. That's not how it logs time. Again, we don't understand time the way all the other processes of life understand time. Like the brain utilizes time in a completely different way. For instance, we think we are growing, we're building, we're doing when we're doing. But none of that's true. We're taking in information as we're doing. We're stretching things as we're doing. When we sleep, when we rest, that's when the growing, that's when the building, that's when the integration happens. Why do you think we dream? Our mind is trying to integrate what we experienced and thought and felt with what we acted out in life. And let me tell you, if you have fucked up dreams, there is probably a huge correlation to stuff that you want, stuff that you desire in life that you are not acting in alignment with. Or you're having these grandiose thoughts and you have a huge fantasy life and everything seems so terrible in your mind. And in real life, that's not lined up. But you're building this energy and there's not proper avenues to exchange it. So that's when we have a lot of like, you know, shit come through that's terrifying in our dreams and like really confusing in our dreams because our brain is trying desperately to integrate and grow from what we just experienced. I cannot remember who the fucking person was, so you'll have to forgive me. I cannot cite myself when I'm just going off the top of my head. 
there was a dude on the Joe Rogan podcast and he was a biological scientist and he had been studying some behavior in mice and what they were finding is that if you were to take their brain waves or their brain activity while they were learning a new um, activity, being, you know, trained through a new obstacle course or a new maze or on a new toy, you take that brain activity and, and record it, right? And then you also record them at night. Well, at night, that same brain pattern that was produced during the new activity that they were learning, this gets like sped up and like hyper wound and compounded on itself. So the brain is doing this like, it's basically repeating it over and 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 over. It's trying to teach you, is trying to learn it. It is trying to do the extra repetition. So listen, the more you show up, the longer term you've been showing up, the longer you do something, the longer you honor a commitment to yourself, the more time you're getting that like integration time happening. And you also have to take into consideration the health of your brain. You need to be eating things that are good for the brain because you know what, when we do not support our health. It is much harder to learn things. It's much harder for us to show up to the best of our abilities. We need to be really honest about how we're managing our energies on a lot of different ways. Another huge thing is movement. So moving your body just in new ways. And that's why I'm like so big about like when you get that impulse, marry it with an action within five seconds, because otherwise your thinking mind gets involved. And when your thinking mind gets involved, then it starts intellectualizing and rationalizing and all that shit. You will that will all be operative based on what you already believe. And you've just already admitted you you struggle to believe with your believe in yourself. So any way you could think about that action that you're getting the impulse to take, it will be wrong because it's not serving a belief in yourself. That Because that belief in yourself is where those thoughts that you can have right now automatically without like consciously choosing, that's where they come from. And let me tell you, the you know, the brain is very invested in your safety, so it also doesn't like change. It wants everything to be an autopilot. And when we try to change things, we're having to pull on the emergency brake to really think and really adapt and really see what's here in the present moment. We would much rather assume that's so much easier for us. We'd much rather do what we've always done. So understand that the brain in order to keep you safe is going to resist this a lot, you know, and it's not, this is not about, again, you, you taking personal responsibility is not about being the scapegoat for all these issues. You know what I mean? It's about recognizing that here is what your brain operates like. You could not control it. You know, people who affected you and impacted you, they had no clue what they were doing. Kind of the whole Christian, forgive them, Lord, for they do not know what they do. This is how we need to approach the role of reparenting ourselves. Because this is what this boils down to. When we have that struggle between like belief in self and action, that is the internal struggle between male and female energy. Like female energy is so receptive that it doesn't believe in itself as like an autonomous thing. And male energy only knows how to like move through portals and like act and like go forward and when it gets stunted in some way you know I like to say we've all got a nasty ass little beta male inside of us I don't care what gender you are and like that that energy of not being able to act out what you want for yourself you know that that tends to to turn ugly within us um but yeah like again 
with the whole movement thing, you know, doing new things with your life, that is going to help your brain. Neurogenesis and neuroplasticity. So neuroplasticity is the thing that makes you more flexible and neurogenesis is the growth of new brain cells. When we are growing new brain cells and they are becoming more flexible, we have better memories, we have better attention spans, we have better ability to be present and focus, and we have the ability to choose our responses versus our reactions way more easily. But you have to do new things. You have to do new things all the time, consistently. And again, I would argue for the, you know, if you want to practice meditation, I would say start with one minute three times a day. When you wake up, 60 fucking seconds, do it. At lunch, do it. Before you go to bed, do it. And if you want to move up your times, move it up a minute, but do it throughout the day. Or gas it up to doing one minute five times a day. That is the kind of stuff that helps us program faster. Because it's it's, it's taking you from a state of I'm doing my normal, I'm doing what is expected, I'm doing my normal every day, to oh yeah, but I'm going to do this meditation thing. And if you can only grab yourself for a minute, it doesn't matter. You got yourself, you forced a change. You forced a, this is what I'm doing normally to this is something I don't normally do. And if you're doing that for one minute, five times a day, instead of five minutes, one time a day, guess what? That is four extra times that you've told your brain, not the normal, that thing I want. Okay, so if you're struggling to make these changes, break it up into much smaller pieces and do it more times a day because you got to get the repetition in. You have got to repeat believing in yourself and that belief in yourself is only illustrated through action. So meaning the requirement to prove your belief is through action. That's how the universe knows that you are fully in the manifestation process and you're far enough along that your blockages aren't going to get in the way of the momentum. But that action, again, it works in accordance to that order of operation. So you can believe, you can change your belief and you can change what you think and say all day long. But until you're acting the new way, the universe doesn't know it's real and you're not reprogramming your subconscious. So if maybe... I mean, I, I can't give you any other help other than knowledge. And if knowledge doesn't empower you to do the thing that you're requiring, you're, that is required of you to do things, you know, then there won't be, there won't be a change. There are requirements to change things. Will it be hard? Absolutely. It's not, until you've repeated this, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, there won't be the experience that it's easy. It will feel uncomfortable. But that's the price we pay for change. We pay for growth with pain. Like, I don't believe suffering's necessary, but I absolutely think pain is inevitable. You, and I also think suffering's inevitable because we don't understand what our relationship to pain is and how us talking about it shifts that. Um, but... Pain is that inevitable thing because we pay for our growth with pain. We pay for good with bad. We pay with for love with hate because love says it can all be here and all of it contains hate, you know? So my dearest Ashlyn, my love, my, my light and my joy and someone I definitely want to see 
fucking succeed and and do what is required. I just need you to understand that like realizing that it's because you don't believe in yourself that it's hard to act, but that you have to act differently in order to believe in yourself. Because you have to do something new to get a new result. When we do the exact same thing over and over again, hoping for something different, that is what is crazy. And that is what makes us feel disconnected with ourselves. Because we're hoping to get a result that is not aligned with the requirements that we're fulfilling. And I think when we're true to ourselves and we're spending time with ourselves regularly, again, and, you know, if building up your intuition is that thing, like, you know, doing some sort of mindful, I'm connecting to my intuition, I'm holding space for information, even if it is only for a few minutes, doing that several times a day, that's another way of just strengthening the bond and strengthening your body's realization that this is what I do now. If your body realizes this is what I do now, your subconscious will think, oh, this is what I believe now. I know it's a little like, it's all over the place and it's a little backwards, but like, that's how it works. And again, we can support our brains through eating well, like eating brain-rich foods. We can do it by moving. We can do it by recognizing, catching our negative self-talk, which negative self-talk is just another fucking word for, uh, negative self-talk is just another fucking word for the recordings that we picked up in childhood. Literally. Our negative self-talk is the messages that we got from age, from birth to age seven. So when we are routinely catching that and replacing that, acknowledging them as a result of your past and replacing them with something that empowers your future, that's the best way. Again, that's another, that is somewhat that your body's not moving, but that's the best kind of mental action you can take. Um, and you pair that with moving new in new ways every day, whether it's, you know, walking a different path. If you walk a dog every day, you know, like walking a different path that you've never gone before, taking a turn, taking a change, taking a course correction that you've never done. This stuff is the kind of new things you need to be doing every day. Do something new every day. Do something you wouldn't do every day. Do Take a turn you wouldn't take every day. Call someone you wouldn't. Text somebody you wouldn't. And do all of this without expectation. Because if you don't have expectation going into any of this, so let's say you're a little more prepared. You leave with a little more time on your plate. You know, you, you're not expecting anybody to text you back when you do this. You're basically just like doing it for the... It's being very selfish, but also it's kind of voting with how you want to be in the world because if like you want to be a better friend and you want to interact with more people, you have to lose your fear of rejection to be so confident that when other people are having a bad day and they can't get back to you, that it's not going to shake you and change who you are as a person. So you getting into that mindset of I'm doing this just to do it. Like what happens doesn't matter. Like I just need to get the reps in or I won't know how to support people. I won't know how to not take things personally. I won't know how to like be there for others the way they need me versus me trying to always get my needs met. Like what if we had this way of living our lives out so fulfilled, so fully that we didn't show up to relationships in our communities like 
just needing something. It was it was a lot about giving. And I'm not saying you can't need something from a community because, God, you would be an idiot to think you didn't need something from a community. But to come to that community without, like, you know, a fucking four-inch gash wound open kind of seems like the most responsible thing if you can manage it. You know, if you've got the gash wound and you've got no support, then fucking holler at the nearest community anybody who's close to you of course get the support you need but i'm just asking like if you have that ability to just to adjust your sleep habits to adjust how you're you know to adjust your peer group to make sure that your environment is clean that you're getting you know enough sleep and good sleep sleep that you're doing things that like not only protect your brain but help your brain grow so you're trying new things you're you know if you have their resources, you know, investing in stuff that like helps your brain be better and not investing in stuff that helps your brain be worse. Like uh, huh, we could all get called out on our alcohol relationship because plain and simple, alcohol does not help the brain. And I'm, I'm, listen, I literally have the last part of a beer in my hand right now. Alcohol does not help the brain. Okay, so, and I'm not saying here, because I'm not an aesthetic, I'm not like, you know, deny all sensory shit to, you know, do anything, but we have to be real. We have to be real about what we do. So if you participate in um, alcohol regularly, and that's something that you enjoy, and you feel like you have a good relationship to it, and you're like, I'm not getting rid of that, but it's also going to be like some normal thing in my life and there's like consequences of that then you need to be like on some sort of neuroadaptogenic like supplement you need to be you know eating lots of salmon and avocado and walnut and blueberry and coconut oil and olive oil um just giving your body and your brain the best like defenses against you know the things that are going to be harmful for your brain you also need to be trying new things you need to be learning new skills people who are lifetime learners who are having deep intellectual you know complex conversations about things that matter long term like they're living longer and they're living a better life which I think that's what matters I don't even care as much about longevity I care about quality of life so and we know that all of these things, these are all things that like support brain health for the long term. So this is helping you to have like a young, healthy brain that is adaptable to these changes, that is less, basically these physical things that you can do just take away all the hindrances that make it harder on the physical domain. And then it boils down to the strength of your will. Are you willing to force a change? Because God damn it, babe, like, the only change that we get are the changes that we force because our bodies are so prone to keeping keeping us in autopilot. We get freaked out when we throw on the emergency brake and we try to change directions. So recognize it's not you. Recognize it's not a, like an assessment of your character or the quality of who you are as a person, but strengthening your will is, again, that's something that has to be practiced. That is a muscle that has to be flexed. And But you also have to be realistic with yourself when you look in the mirror. It's like, am I yoked or do I need to go to the gym for a solid six weeks to get any sort of like muscular basis again? That's where most of us are. And that's where it, you know, feels intimidating. It's like being, you know, 
a super overweight person or a person who's never worked out trying to go to the gym because they want to take control of their lives. Dude, the first like 60 days you go, it's just not going to be okay. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be a good time. Honestly, you'll never fully want to go and do the hardest part of your day, the most showing up for yourself for your day. But that doesn't mean that it's not the most required thing to give you what you want in life long term. So, you know, it's a lot of info and it's a lot of like accepting that these things, a lot of it's outside of our control, but a lot of where we're at now was outside of our control. But where we go from here, that's fully within your control. And I just want to empower you and every single person listening to this that you can take that power, but you have to marry that understanding with action because knowledge is not power until you act on it.